Welcome. Do you have about five minutes to solve a mystery? How about ten minutes to solve two five-minute mysteries? Great, because Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, has two five-minute mysteries to solve and will give you just about ten minutes to solve them. If I did the math right, let's see, five times two, yeah, that's ten. So see if you can out-sleuth our sleuth. Hello, my name is John Lovery, and it's my pleasure to be your host for Heirloom Radio. Five Minute Mysteries was known as a Phil series, believed to be aired during the late 1940s. It was produced on the Mutual Radio Network, and they were sold to local radio stations and often used to promote a particular station's contest or advertise some sponsor. So you will notice a long musical interlude played on an organ in the middle and end of the stories. This was when the radio announcer would make their pitch for whatever it was the station was promoting. But it also gave the listeners a chance to try to solve the mystery. Then the narrator would come back with the solution to the story. So be on the listen for a few things included that I came up with during the film moments. The five-minute mysteries on this track are Locale, Tibet, and Tune In to Murder. So grab your Sherlock Holmes cap, a curved tobacco pipe, a very large magnifying glass, and see what you can do to solve the crimes on Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. And if you like this track, check out the growing 5-Minute Mystery Playlist. Thanks for listening. Now, a crime is about to be committed, so we need to get listening carefully for all the clues. So here we go. Another five-minute mystery. strange country of Tibet, where ghostly ruins of an ancient temple rise forebodingly to the midnight sky. In a lonely native hut not far from the temple, a woman nervously paces the hard earthen floor. Her eyes speak terror. Suddenly... Mr. Benson, you are Mr. Benson. I came as quickly as I could, Mrs. Dorman. Your coolie directed me here from Lahasa. I had to send for you, Mr. Benson. I didn't know of another American except you anywhere in Tibet. But your husband, Professor Dorman... He disappeared... I begged them not to go near the ruins. That temple is filled with ancient ghosts and murderous invaders. Murder? You mean Professor Dorman is... No, no. It's my sister, Hector. Three days ago, we found her dead. Crushed to death by huge stones. There in that place. Your sister was here with you? Yes. Helping Herbert in his search for the origin of the Chinese alphabet. But I... I thought you were Professor Dorman's co-worker. Yes, but Hector wanted to help, so I stepped aside. You see, when my husband and I reached India... We found Hector waiting for us. We we're astonished to see her. Hector, how did you ever come to be here? And you to meet you and Emily. But why, Hector? We're going to Tibet, and so am I. That's why I came. Oh no, you're not, Hector. You caused Emily and me enough trouble. Herbert, she's my sister. I do believe Herbert's afraid of me, Emily. I'm not afraid of you, but I am afraid of the bad luck you always bring. I want to show you that I've changed. I want to go to Tibet. 
with you and Emily. So she came. Well, three nights ago, she went to the temple alone. She didn't come back. We found her dead. And now my husband, it's after midnight. And he's been gone for hours. The coolies won't go near the ruins, and I'm deathly afraid to go alone. Well, come along. He may be still alive. There's not a moment to lose. There's a path, Mr. Benson. A dark it is. Now, stay close behind me. If two people have been killed in this place, we... Herbert! It's Emily Herbert. Where are you? In this darkness, the temple seems alive. I begged you not to violate this fire. There's a force here, Mr. Benson. Something evil. Uh, come along. Wait. Herbert! Answer me! It's Emily Herbert! Mr. Benson! Look! In the beam of the light! (gasps) He's dead. Struck down by that pillar of stone. No, don't go near him, Hector. Why? You call me Hector! You and your sister looked exactly alike, didn't you? Yes, but... Then you are Hector. I know you are, and you murdered Professor and Mrs. Dorman. What was the clue that brought Benson to the startling deduction? In a moment, we'll hear, but first... Alive! It's alive! It's alive! And now, back to our five-minute mystery. You plan to pose as Mrs. Dorman, to take his body back as proof of death, and live the rest of your life a wealthy woman. Now, come along. I'm taking you to the American legation. You see, if you had been the real Mrs. Dorman, you wouldn't have said what you did. So, it may interest you to know that Chinese language has no alphabet. woman who can flip a dial and hear her husband's voice. But I don't know where Vince got the idea for those hard stories. It's so depressing, it's making a nervous wreck out of me. Darling, you are in this state. What is it? I thought, I could have sworn I heard footsteps in the hallway. Oh, no, Joanna, this is preposterous. You mustn't let this get you. The lights, they've gone out. There is someone. There's someone right outside the door. Calm down and tell me exactly what you can. There's nothing left to tell except what you already know. Hilda called you on the maid's phone, and then I called Mr. Carraway at the radio station from in here. Weren't you on the air, Mr. Carraway, at the time of the murder? Yes, I was just about finishing my show. I heard the phone ring to the studio and caught it just in time. 
I got here as quickly as I could. It's only a short distance. Poor Mrs. Carraway. Thank heaven she died without ever knowing. Knowing what? But her best friend was trying to get her husband. That's what... Killed her! You needn't kill to me in that tone of voice, Miss Warren. It is you. Didn't. Kill Joanna, are you crazy? Don't be such a conceited fool, Vincent. No man is worth murder. Not even you. So you were in love with Mr. Carraway, Mrs. Warren. So what? I might have wished her dead, but I didn't kill her. Mr. Carraway, you said you heard the phone from the studio and just got to the phone in time. Wasn't there anyone else to answer it? At this time of night, there is no one else at the station except myself and the engineer. And he, of course, is in the control booth on the next floor. I thought the engineers worked right off the studio. They usually do. However, I work for my own private studio just off my office. It's perfectly soundproof for broadcasting. Very considerate of your employers, I must say. Yes, it is. Of course, everyone isn't entitled to such privileges. Nor does anyone have such a good opportunity for murder. Murder? What are you talking about? Just this, Mr. Carraway. I'm arresting you for the murder of your wife. Why did the inspector accuse Vincent Carraway of the murder of his wife? In just a moment, we'll hear, but first... According to a national survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Your doctor is one of the businessmen in town. While his door may say office hours 2 to 4, he's actually on call 24 hours a day. The doctor is a scientist, a diplomat, and a friendly, sympathetic human being all in one, no matter how long and hard his schedule. Doctors in every branch of medicine, 113,597 in all, were asked in this nationwide study of cigarette preference. Three leading research organizations made the survey. The gist of the question was, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand name most heard was Camel. Camel. The rich, full flavor and cool mildness of Camel's superb blend of costlier tobaccos seemed to have the same appeal to the smoking taste of doctors as to millions of other smokers. If you are a Camel smoker, this preference among doctors will hardly surprise you. If you're not, well... Try Camels now, and remember, your T-Zone will tell you. T for taste, and T for the throat. That's the proving ground for any cigarette. See if Camels don't suit your T-Zone to a T. Broadcasting over the air a mile away when my wife was shot. Thousands who heard my show can testify to that. Yes, thousands can testify they heard the voice of Vincent Carraway, but not the man. Because at the exact time you were lulling thousands to sleep by means of a record you'd made earlier, you raced to this house, stole in on your unsuspecting wife, shot her, and raced back to the studio in time to remove the record when it reached its end. Not even the engineer could see that it wasn't you before the microphone. You claim to have heard the phone ring while you were still in the studio. But studios are entirely soundproof, Mr. Carraway. You couldn't possibly have heard that phone ringing in the next office. 